two friends bond over clothes and bro out over details because fuck heteronormative masculinity, am I right? Can I pull this off? You bet your ass you can, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This is gonna be fun. I think fashion is art. And uh, until very recently, I didn't recognize that. In fact, I, I kind of ran in the opposite direction. It, it, it was like a, a reflex of mine to dislike it because I didn't understand the rules and I didn't realize how to play the game. And now I'm like, no, I want to know the rules. I want to learn how to play the game because I think playing this game could be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of uh, self-enriching value to be had from feeling good about the way you look, i.e. the way you dress. A pandemic, what better time? Because what else do we have to focus our attention on? I have so much to learn. <laughs> Dude, welcome to our premiere episode of Can I Pull This Off? First, <laughs> first, Ethan. First, Ethan, what are you wearing? <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. T- today, I'm wearing a bathrobe that my mom got me for Christmas last year and uh, an intra you know like a rec volleyball t-shirt from uh, four years ago club waka what's up <laughs> and you i am wearing a cable knit gray zip-up sweater and a super old black t-shirt from jc pennies my mm-hmm. dead uncle's black levi jeans and a <laughs> kicking pair of pumas <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace and uh thanks for teaching me off camera what a uh, cable net meant Appreciate you're welcome it. you're welcome <laughs> by the way my uncle's definitely in hell <laughs> may he burn <laughs> i don't really yeah sure okay so what 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 the fuck what is this <laughs> podcast thing that we're doing i have a brief pitch uh, elevator speech Two friends bond over clothes and bro out over details because fuck heteronormative masculinity, am I right? Starting first with heady conversations about men's styles and personal identity, later continuing with shorter in the weeds episodes featuring specific suggestions based on Jonathan's wardrobe malfunctions and fashion successes of the past. Can I pull this off? You bet your ass you can, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fun. Okay, Ethan, tell our one listener how this started um, a couple of years ago and then March in my closet. I keep forgetting. Is the one listener Dawson or some other friend? I mean, we'll see. All right. So, so check this out, Dawson. I'm from like, I'm from, I'm from suburban Milwaukee and I never knew how to dress myself. There was one size and it was baggy. So fast forward to uh, last, last uh, spring here. I'm having a hangout at good old Jonathan's place where, you know, burning a Christmas tree and being less than sober. And uh, I'm, I'm running some errand in the, in the house and I'm just captivated spellbound by what I see right in front of the bathroom, which is a never ending closet. It, it, Jonathan, your closet's 
amazing. It, it's organized chaos. It's a beautiful mess. And uh, we got to talking for what seemed like hours about this closet. And you walked me through step by step. And I was so enthralled because there was a rhyme and a reason to everything. And, and this thing up here could go down with this thing over here, but it could also go with that thing over there. And, and then the shoes, ooh, the shoes. Oh, man. And I remember some belts being in there too. And uh, anyways, I knew right then. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I always knew Jonathan was a fashionable guy, but I've really been underselling it. Jonathan totally knows his shit and I want to know my shit too. And so I wondered if you might teach me a thing or two about fashion. And so uh, here we are. Thank you very much for uh, being my sensei. Here we are. I fucking love that you called me that, um, but I will reject it because it's too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember that conversation too and loved how inquisitive you were and how this is going to sound silly, but how safe I felt having this conversation, you know, with, with a history of, of, you know, judgmental, um, toxically masculine kind of homophobic aspects and, and perspectives on uh, clothing and how much a man should be interested in clothing and how much he should share about his interest in clothing, right? It was just really cathartic having somebody, um, not just accept, but like embrace this, this aspect of, of my life that I really, I really fucking enjoy clothes. I love, I love putting together a look and defining, you know, how my day is going to go in, in some regards based on how I'm dressing. So thank you for that. I didn't, I did not um, impose myself on you and say, Ethan, I know about clothing. I want to teach you. Let's buy you new clothes. Never, ever. You asked, and I happily accepted. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the end goal here for you, other than this little podcast project that I, I did push on you? <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Oh, my pleasure. It's going to be a riot. I'm sure Dawson will agree. My <laughs> end goal, if I mean, honestly, if I could just find clothes that fit me, uh, I'm, I'm set. I'm set. Anything above and beyond that is just icing on the cake. But if I were to pick some icing on the cake, I'll go ahead and say that I would like to have options. I don't have options right now. I want to open my closet and be like, I could wear this or that or that. And right now I've just got like an A-list of like five t-shirts that I feel fit me well. And then a couple of pants, maybe one in like the three main colors that like fit me. And that's all I got. And then I've got like a separate stuff of just work clothes that are presentable. But mm-hmm. I, I don't have like, I, I, want an, I want a whole palette of things that make me think, oh, that would be fun to try on. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> and I, I have too much. I, I, uh, I keep purging. It's hard. It's hard for me. I'm, I'm very emotionally attached to my clothes. I don't think I'm a hoarder. Um, I have too much stuff in general, but I specifically have a shit ton of clothes because I do remember where I bought them, remember how I felt buying them, remember where I wore them, who I wore them with, all that shit. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't feel bad about that, but it does it does preclude me from purging very often. <laughs> That's quite all right. Yeah. Those are important. Yeah. I have a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have concerns about this intersection between authenticity and style um, or your personal identity and, and allowing society or, or me um, to impose something on you in the way that you dress or style yourself? 
I think long term, no. I, I think I've got a pretty open mind that I'm looking forward to being outgoing about it. In the short term, I can definitely tell that just since I have so little experience, and since I am so ignorant, I'm sure you're going to have a few ideas for me that I'm just going to feel so alien about. Yeah. And it's going to be really goofy and I'm going to blush super hard coming out of the fitting room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to no, live for it. those moments. Yeah. By the way. Oh, yeah. You can capture <laughs> it on camera. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to, I'm not going to. I'm not going to encourage you to dress the way that I dress. I think that I will work really hard to stamp that down and, uh, you know, try to help you figure out what, what works for a, your mental game and B your body type. Right. So it's not going to be like all slim fit and super tight and like bright colors. No, I'm, I'm good with that though. I'm good. I, Hey, I, I am in your capable hands. Nice. Okay. We'll, we'll try some of that stuff. <laughs> Uh, I think I think where I push you too far is when you refuse to come out of the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I do need to know where that limit is, so maybe we'll go for that sometime. <laughs> I mean, I've seen these like these one-sided man thongs. That might be my line. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to try those on in the fitting room, so we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. Oh man, <laughs> why does style? Or why do clothes even matter during a pandemic if they do? Ah, right. Um, well, uh, in a real sense, I'm not sure that they matter, like in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, no. uh, you know, life and loved ones and all that. But, you know, in, in a more pragmatic sense, of course they matter. And why shouldn't they? In fact, I think they should. I think they, um, I think they can just be a really healthy form of art. I think fashion is art. Yeah. And uh, until very recently, I didn't recognize that. And in fact, I, I kind of ran in the opposite direction. It, it, it was like a, a reflex of mine to dislike it because I didn't understand the rules and I didn't realize how to play the game. And now I'm like, no, I want to know the rules. I want to learn how to play the game because I think playing this game could be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of uh, self-enriching value to be had from feeling good about the way you look, i.e. the way you dress. Um, and I think there is also a social component. I think once it becomes a less taboo, a thing that like two dudes on a podcast right here can talk about, I think, especially among men, that's sorely lacking. At least I feel, you know, girls can go around and compliment each other's looks. Guys never do that. But anyways, all of that said, um, a pandemic, what better time? Because what else do we have to focus our attention on? Why not? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right in that they don't matter. But I noticed that um, on the rare occasions that I actually put together like a cohesive look during the pandemic, I feel better about my life. Like I, <laughs> I embrace the day more and am less uh, sad if I, if I purposely put together, you know, air quotes, an outfit. Because um, it, it's just for me, but it changes, it changes my outlook and it, I feel good about it. I, I will say that um, we should recognize our privilege, that we're healthy. And also um, your comments are spot on about men not being socially uh, definitely not encouraged and often not accepted to make comments about one another's clothing. Um, and that's, that's probably like the other side of the coin of, of privilege. And there's definitely a lot of homophobia in there. So I appreciate my privilege and recognize its, its limitations in, in this specific regard. I got two follow-ups for you. The <clears throat> first is um, uh, on the point of like feeling different about when you, when you, 
dress a certain way. Whenever I have an important, like a really important call that I'm going to feel stressed about and I'm working from home, right? I could, could just as easily wear this, this bathrobe and I could flip this down right here and you can never see my camera. Right. Yeah. But on those important days, I'll break out and a, a nice actual outfit with like slacks and a belt and a tie and everything. And I'll legit wear it, even though no one's going to see it just because I'll know I'm wearing it. Yeah. I've done that at least, I don't know, half a dozen times since uh, this quarantine went into effect on some of the really major calls I happen to be on in the past yeah. year. Good for you. And yeah, yeah, thanks. There is some Cuban poem. I'm not going to try and remember the author or the name, but he ends it by he's lamenting the the, the state of his uh, his um, his country, his environment. He talks about how it's volcanoes, political instability, life is hell. But he ends it by saying, "Jodido estoy bebiendo mi café," and it's sort <laughs> of this kind of refrain at the end, saying like, "Well, yeah, everything's fucked, but man." I'm still sat here drinking this coffee. And yeah. the way I interpret that is like, hey, if coffee's all you got, man, appreciate and savor that goddamn coffee. Yeah. Cuban coffee, some of the best coffee, I'm sure. So in the same way, in this pandemic, yes, checking privilege aside, you know, all that notwithstanding. But um, dude, we have clothes. That's one thing we have. Why not yeah. lean in? Yeah. Let's lean into fashion. Why not? Yeah, I'm imagining that poet um, in a white linen suit. <laughs> and a baller hat uh-huh and uh-huh. like some shiny buttons maybe some shiny cufflinks <laughs> really polished uh shoes maybe some tassels he's cuban he can do mm-hmm. it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great quote great quote um i think that and stop me if i said this but we're basically in hibernation so we can we can choose to come out differently if we want to we can come out better than before if we want to if we want to put in some effort and, you know, however you define better, um, because we have time to be introspective and why not use this time to create a different look or be introspective about our intentional fashion or clothing choices. Mm-hmm. And now is when we just lost a listener. <laughs> 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 oh, you talked just a second ago about how men don't compliment uh, men's clothing. Those are some of the most rewarding comments I ever get, you know? Like when I get those, I think, yeah, this makes total sense that women say they dress for each other because, you know, like if it is, uh, it's, you know, it's not sexual usually, right? Based on, based on the interaction, like it feels a little bit more pure or elevated. Like what is your intention here? None. You just want to tell me that you like this. And also that you overcame some social stigma to do it. Like good on you for being brave and, you know, rejecting this idea that you can't do that. And also he, you like my clothes. <laughs> do I need you to like my clothes? No, but it feels good when you do. And yeah. sometimes I struggle and I think, okay, well, if I accept that compliment, then that means I need to be equally open to hearing somebody's criticism. And I think, fuck that. Mm. They're just clothes. I don't need to. It's not like how I'm doing my job or, you know, like what type of parent or husband I am. This is just a superficial comment. I can reject the negative ones and embrace the positive ones. Yeah. 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 Good comeback. Yeah, thank you. I have this pair of um, crazy pattern pants, but they're black and gray, so you can get away with you can get away with crazy shit when it's darks or neutrals, and they're pants. So that's like a cardinal rule, right? A cardinal rule for men is to not comment on another dude's pants because they cover the penis, and so you can't <laughs> you can't talk about something that's on another dude's penis because then he knows you're looking at his penis area. Anyway, these pair of pants, men always compliment them. And 
when I say men, I mean like very blue collar dudes who I would never expect. I would never expect to compliment or comment on my clothes at all. Like my last uh, workplace janitor mm-hmm. always commented on when, when I wore these pants. Yeah. Cause they're, they're dope pants. Yeah. I love them. It's cool that he can appreciate it too. Same with a, a blazer I've told you about before, houndstooth, okay. which is oh, a yeah. jagged style. Uh-huh. It's a, like a maroon red and a really dark, dark blue. And I remember my mom um, thinking like, oh, it's, it's nice. But I, I went to Chicago with her once and I told her like, no, you watch. Um, the dudes man, are gonna come. Yep. The dudes yep. are gonna compliment <laughs> this blazer. And she's like, no. And I said, yeah, every single time I wear this, I get at least one really overt compliment. Like, it's not just like, hey, nice blazer. It's like, stop, stare, discuss. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And we walk out of, we were staying in a hotel. We walk out of the hotel room, swear to God, before we get to the elevator, a, a bellhop or whatever, a guy who works in the hotel was like, nice blazer, man. Like mm-hmm. very energetic about it. We get in the elevator. And she's like, okay, maybe. We, we walk out to the street. We're still on the same block. We've just walked out of the hotel. This massive like biker dude, probably like 50, um, just really intense dude, uh, stops on the street and is like, great blazer. <laughs> she's like, okay, okay. And there were more, but those, those two were immediate. It was perfect. It was like a sitcom. It was- Oh man, well done. I know. Okay. Um, I have another note to myself. Why does Jonathan think he knows what he's talking about? You ready for my little list? Hit me. My credentials include. (laughs) Oh, these are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being voted best dressed in high school. (laughs) Subscribing to GQ and Esquire throughout my teens and 20s. And having a tuxedo hanging in my closet. Hashtag expert. (laughs) Okay. Okay. there's this designer and curator, businesswoman, fashion icon. Um, she wears giant circular black framed glasses and massive costume jewelry. I'm sure you or most people have seen her at some point. And you didn't know who she was. Her name is Iris Apfel. Um, she has a line at Macy's and she has uh, displayed things at the Met. Fashion you can buy, she says. Fashion you can buy, but style you possess. The key to style is learning who you are, which takes years. There's no how-to roadmap to style. It's about self-expression and above all, attitude. Thoughts? Self-expression and attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you still need a base level of knowledge or experience though. And I think that's yeah. what I lack. I yeah. think I've got the self-expression, I'm working on the attitude and I'm completely barren when it comes to actually knowing what on earth I'm doing. Yeah. Well, none of us really know. We just need to figure out what works for us. <laughs> and what is socially acceptable and then push those limits what's that quote mean to you it means that fashion is like trendy fashion is uh temporal um and style is if not eternal at least has a much longer hmm, i was going to say shelf life but that's too that's too retail oriented style has a longer life um and you can buy things that are fashionable and they might be stylish long-term, but often a lot of fashion is, well, there's another quote and I can't remember who said it, a designer that uh, trendy is the last step before 
tacky. Hmm. You know, like you don't yeah. want to follow trends too hard because then you're going to be spending a lot of money w- contributing to this waste culture of, of fast fashion. Um, although I do think that you can get things that are quote unquote fast fashion, which mm-hmm. we could talk about what that means later. Um, and they can be stylish and you can treat them well and they can last long term. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, that quote for me is, is projecting a personal sense of style that is clearly informed by fashion and that is informed by trends, but that you're making the decisions and they might buck those trends and they might, you know, incorporate, they will incorporate a lot of different styles, uh, a lot of different fashion things from the past, um, figuring out what works for you. Based it's on implying that. a level of risk. <clears throat> You know, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the thing that's not being said. It's like you're, you're taking this risk to be stylish mm-hmm. almost. And yeah. that's a it's almost it's almost like philosophical. I kind of like it. It's edgy. It is. It is. And as long as you can zoom out and recognize that it's not so important, um, but it makes people feel good. And clearly it is a giant business. Um, that's that's the dichotomy that I love. I don't love when people don't appreciate when people are really serious about fashion and style and you know they say all these heady philosophical things which i appreciate but then they can't also laugh at themselves there has to be a combination of the two you have to be in on the joke yeah oh nice way to round that out yeah thank you zoe kravitz do you know zoe kravitz no actress and daughter of lenny kravitz and yeah uh, i know lenny kravitz yeah Uh um she has said things about Oh, he's a fashionable dude. Yeah, he is. And Lisa Bonet, his mom, sorry, her mom, uh, Lenny's ex-wife, she's very fashionable too. Oh, and they're man. super unique. So that this gal must really know what's up. Probably, I think so. I mean, she's crazy hot and an interesting person <laughs> and a really, really good actor too. But she says things like, uh, I fall on my face sometimes because it's taking risk. It's paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. This question is going to be really vain and self-important. Um, but it's also relevant to why we're doing this and to kind of peel back some layers before we start, um, you know, figuring out what your style is and what you want to buy and what you look good in. But how would you define my style or the looks that I attempt to pull off? I would say, um, a mature, uh, sporty, um, polo wearing, <laughs> and I'll say an element of of, of nerdiness too. I, I'd blend all those together in, in a pot and make that a stew. That's what yeah. I would do. Oh, thank you. I know you've got a lot of a, uh, you know, you know, you know how to wear clothes that fit you. You're not afraid of extravagant colors. Uh, one of the first things I noticed about you, uh, however many years ago, when I first thought to myself, "Whoa, Jonathan's got an interesting style." It's when you wore colored pants, man. You have colored pants. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but, but I I don't think anything is like exceptionally over the top. I think it's uh, more so that it's, um, I'll take coordinated as well. That's another thing that set you apart from almost any other guy in in my life. You, you, it's not just you wore a shirt. It's that you wore a shirt knowing what you would have on for shoes, for pants, for maybe any sort of facial accessory as well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. anyways, zoom, rewinding a bit, I will say it's uh, it's mature. It's it's a little edgy, just a little. It's preppy because I know you wear a lot of shirts with collars on them, and mm-hmm. I don't. And uh, I'll stop there. Yeah, uh, the collar thing is partly what it implies in society, but it's also that I have this uh, giraffe neck. And so the, co- the collar does minimize the length 
and thinness of of my neck so it, it takes attention away from that it serves a purpose also i have never thought of that wow yeah, yeah. just like i think a lot of football players look horrible in uh collared shirts because they have no neck yeah. and then it reduces it further wow man that's, same, same that's idea brilliant. with like windsor knots versus you know knot in hand or a smaller knot for a tie me being a thin dude i cannot wear these thicker um style of of the way that people tie their ties right hmm. different knots so i have to go with a thin knot even if i prefer something else i mean i could do whatever i want but it clearly does look bad and those are those are some of the rules that are pretty consistent that almost everybody agrees on and i do too hmm. yeah which we'll talk about in future I, episodes i have so much to learn <laughs> I think that is the type of useful information. And then a lot of the other opinions that I have, you know, you can take in one ear and, and let go out the other if you want. What do others say of your style, Jonathan? Oh, perfect segue. Thank you, Ethan. Um, I anonymously surveyed some of our friends so that they would feel comfortable really ripping into me, which is what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so I have no idea who these people are. I enjoy the guesses. <laughs> I know. Uh, one of our friends says, and this is the way they describe me, Mama dressed me in a coordinated outfit today, but I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> coordinated. Yep. Uh, I do. I do love the matchy matchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am not upset by that comment. They're right. Another friend says type a white guy who grew up in a Puerto Rican dance club <laughs> watching too much queer eye. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I would of course argue there's no such thing as watching too much queer eye and Papa needs another season in quarantine boys. <laughs> Yeah, I have this one specific shirt that I bought in Puerto Rico, um, and it is white background with yeah. like really saturated black floral print all over oh, it. Wow. And I wear it with my pointy white patent leather dress shoes that I also bought in Puerto Rico. So <laughs> that person is on point. And so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then one more friend says, um, I love this. Sometimes and maybe this is just the mustache, which for our listeners is a temporary thing, I think. Um, you look like you're headed to a swingers party. And by that, I mean you look good, dressed to impress. Sometimes you look like you could go to church or a white collar job and fit right in. Then other times you look like a beastie boy. Yes. That's yeah. so well, man, you've got, you've got excellent friends. Um, I would say that my two main styles um, and I told you before, I don't love these titles, but I'm self-imposing them because I think they're accurate. It's either hipster preppy douche or on the other end of the spectrum, muted American casual. Muted yeah. American, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the second one rings truer than the first. Yeah, but I you think... really need them both together. You need them both together. You've got a toe in each pond. Yeah. Is it fair to say you, you're kind of drifting more into the hipster preppy douche pond? You know, I'm thinking back to that, uh, our little back and forth regarding chains recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think you're gonna, going in that direction? Um, I definitely am going further in that direction. I don't know if I'm doing it more often or if when I'm doing it, I'm just like balls out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I recognize that I look silly and uh don't fucking care because yeah. i really like the way i feel when i when i wear these things you know a snapback or a chain or like <laughs> two rings what a ring on each hand yeah you can yeah my wife does not enjoy uh that oh. 
she likes hipster preppy Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And muted American casual don't Jonathan. She does not like the douchey version, which is fine. <laughs> I'm not wearing it for her anyway. I'm wearing it for me. And, and really, let's be honest, I'm wearing it for, for the boys too. <laughs> <laughs> like, sick necklace, bro. You look stupid. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. How would you define um, your current style? Non-existent. T-shirts with cartoons I enjoy on them. And jeans. I would say you have two. Unoffensively professional um, and laid back skater boy. You're giving me too much credit. I like them both. Yeah. By the way, you you mentioned at the top of this that you're wearing a robe. Um, It looks like a dope cardigan. Thanks. I hope I pull it off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you pull it off? You bet your ass you can, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Jonathan here with a required minimum 30 second commercial because doesn't it make it feel more real yeah it does if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's a little misleading it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, let's take a a brisk walk back Mm -hmm. through our past fashion choices, which inform our current styles. I'll go first. I remember first really caring about clothes when I was like five. And for some reason, my parents, my mom, let me uh, wear bow ties and slacks and cardigans to school because I kept them clean. So... (laughs) I would still play at recess, but I kept them clean. And I still had friends, surprisingly. Um, most, most of them were girls. Okay, that's fine. So uh, after that, I uh, transitioned more into what most people would call the Cosby sweater. And I usually got those from Kohl's, which I called city clothes. We had to drive an hour and a half to go to a, the nearest Kohl's in the 90s. And uh, I, I recognized that I was starting to stand out more, or at least I was noticing it. And so I dialed it back a little and experimented with conformity. And uh, I remember getting a giant guess logo gaudy shirt from a local store on the, on the square in my hometown. And I did love it. It wasn't just like I was trying to fit in. I also loved it. And I still have it. It's my oldest piece of clothing uh, because now it actually fits. From the 90s, it was way too big. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Then I started rebelling against um, conformity with, with the gap of all places. Like, that is so mainstream America, but not in the 90s in my hometown. And I would say that my style at the time was like gas station attendant chic. So not so rebellious, you know, like a lot of muted colors with maybe like one chunky stripe. Yeah. And then my clothes started getting smaller and smaller, much to the chagrin of my, my family. But I embraced <laughs> my, my uh, smaller frame instead of hiding it. And, you yeah. know, people, at least men, I think, think, oh, I'm so skinny. I need to hide it. But you look just swallowed up by larger clothing. You look, you look bigger in clothes that fit you. You look like more appropriately sized in clothes that fit you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went too far. I did go too far. And I still love some of those extra slim fit, extra small clothes <laughs> with darts, you know, darts in the back 
to make the dress shirt more fitted and like oh my God. hug your torso better? No, I don't. Oh, we're going to learn that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm bracing. I'm, uh, I'm like backing off of that a little bit um, because it is, I mean, it's a little, it's a little overtly sexual, I think, or at least people interpret it that way. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do feel like I can't breathe. G. Bruce Boyer, fashion editor, says the style of studied nonchalance is the psychological triumph of grace over order. I want to say that again. The style of studied nonchalance is the psychological triumph of grace over order. What do you think about that? I think it's unnecessarily philosophical, which is why I love it again. Just this, <laughs> this whole thing of fashion being some ethereal, like deity, like, like, I don't know, uh, um, art form that you have to become a virtuoso or like one could become a virtuoso. And like, the, yeah. there's actually a kernel of truth to that. And that, that's why I'm so drawn to it. Okay. What I think of the quote more directly, um, it's what what's not being said there is um, it's confidence. I think contrasting grace and order is interesting and worth uh, digging into a little bit. Um, but essentially, it, it's, I'm picturing like threading a needle and being like very um, I don't know on your toes with broad shoulders as you thread this needle and do some some daring work of art. That's that's kind of the picture in my mind as I hear that. And then the last thing, mm -hmm. studied nonchalance. Yeah, it's it's um, it's trying hard but making it look easy it's it's yeah it's putting a ton of effort into something but then making it seem effortless that's the point that's what i get out of that quote yeah and i would say i love that if the person is willing to admit the fact that they put a lot of effort into it they don't have to volunteer it but when pressed um i don't like when people are like yeah oh yeah i just threw it together or Oh, you think so? I hadn't really thought about it. When clearly you have, you put mm -hmm. the thought into purchasing it. You tried it on. You knew that it looked good on you and your body type. You paired it with these other pieces of clothing um, purposefully. And clearly it does work. So you could pretend like you didn't do those things. But if somebody pushes you, you should really admit to it. So to these fashion designers, I mean, it sounds like they're, they're really doing something so, so daring and so risky. Do you think they feel there's risk in what they do? Or do you think they feel impervious to failure? They always feel like they're taking risks, even when the layperson has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I think they take themselves incredibly seriously. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, let me just name two. So Vera Wang and Ralph Lauren. She is crazy anxious and she's really open about uh, a lot of her um, mental issues and the drugs that she takes, prescription drugs. Um, and she just seems like a hardcore worker, might be a workaholic. And I probably anyone who's that successful is, but she does not put out this illusion of like, everything is gorgeous and my life is romantic. And on the other end, I love Ralph Lauren's stuff, but let's be real. Ralph Lauren is Ralph Lipschitz from New Jersey and <laughs> his whole, his whole career is creating these illusions. It's like, yeah, if you have Ralph Lauren, your whole life will be better. You will be sexier. People will want to be with you. You will be calmer. And he's been quoted as saying things like, I don't, I don't design clothes. I design dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, you know, on the one hand, I want to, I want to appreciate because he does. He does. And whether or not you buy into it is really the question. But I like when somebody can say something like, I design clothes that are dreamy, or I design dreams 
and I design clothes, you know, like it can't just be all ethereal and, you know, studied nonchalance. There, there is grace and there is order and they have to intermingle like the quote kind of implies. Yeah. I recognize the absurdity, right. but I also recognize the deficit and how extreme it is that I'm operating from. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually drawn to the absurdity because if I <laughs> shoot for the moon, I might land among the stars. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. As long as you don't like drink the Kool-Aid hardcore, you have to, you have to still recognize the absurdity. You can't take yourself. That would be, seriously. can you imagine if Ethan turns into like this hardcore fashionista in like a year? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm laughing at myself. Uh, do you have any thoughts? I, Cause I definitely do about um, wearing things ironically versus wearing them sincerely. Right now, I feel like everything is going to feel ironic to me at first because it's mm -hmm. going to be so unnatural. So I think that line is going to become more and more blurred as I learn what I'm doing. Um, but right now, no, I, I guess I don't have like a really well-formulated opinion on wearing something ironically. I guess like I'm going to try it. And even if it's ironic, let's, let's go for it. And yeah. hopefully it'll just become less and less ironic to me over time. Right. I think about this a lot because when when you try something on for the first time that is outside of your comfort zone and you haven't had experience with this type of clothing, making the choice to buy it and then wear it um, is pushing yourself to be a different version of, of yourself, or at least for people to um, interpret you in a different way. You're still the same person, obviously, but the world sees you in a different uh, space. They put you in a different box. And so you either act like you are that, um, or maybe you immediately believe that you are, but it, that's not been my experience. Um, so the choices come first and the belief maybe come after. So for me, I've noticed in the past that I often will wear things ironically and think, yeah, I, I probably look silly. Or the world is interpreting me as being really silly in this. And then I grow to realize that, no, I actually look damn good. And other people kind of think so too. <laughs> so irony as a way of, um, armoring yourself or providing a sense of courage and whether or not that's healthy I don't care it's just what I've done and maybe I will in the future maybe I won't that that's inspirational that's great thanks it's bullshit um, but <laughs> I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad it's inspirational it's worked for me yeah man yeah it when you really pull back the layers about uh, or on what people wear and why they wear it um, it is not cool it is not a nonchalant type mm -mm. of experience or conversation right. because people are making active choices and sometimes they're really well thought out. So, yeah, it's a deeply personal thing. It is. And I think a lot of it is a uh, fake it till you make it, yeah. at least for, for someone starting out like me. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for doing this silly podcast with me and thanks for including me in uh, oh, style journey, you. bro. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I got for today. Oh, excellent. Well, hey, that was, a, that was a pretty good run. Yeah, that was a really good run. Episode one.